Well, good morning, beautiful people of God. It is good to see you this morning. My name is John Weaver. I am the director and one of the campus ministers at your MTSU Wesley Foundation. It is your Wesley Foundation. We are an extension of this church. We are the collegiate ministry that serves students at MTSU and the other colleges in the Middle Tennessee area. And it is so great to be with you this morning. Today is actually what we're calling Wesley Day in the District. We're the only campus ministry in the Stones River District. And we, this morning, have put the effort and the energy with our students, with our board, with our alumni, that we are going to be in 15 churches just this morning. And we've got another five scheduled just because of scheduling over the next couple of weeks. This morning we'll be serving in just a countless number of ways. Uh, we've got students who are playing and, and doing great work, and many of these students you see up this morning are your St. Mark students. We have students working in nurseries. I see one poking her head in back there. Uh, we have students who are teaching Sunday school classes. We have folks who are preaching, who are praying, who are doing a lot of great things this morning. And I, I find it beautiful that we're here the same day that Russell and Cedar Crest are here. This is a great demonstration for what lifelong discipleship really looks like. That the children of our churches have camps. The children of our churches have ministries that extend beyond the walls of the local church that can continue to work out the investment that you have made every single day as the body of Christ. It's a great day to be here. Now, I will tell you, I'm charged a little bit to give you a little bit of an update at Wesley, which is that uh, a couple of things I would share that are going on that's really cool right now, uh, that we do have an ability for you to be able to follow along with what our worship looks like on Tuesday nights. We now are live streaming our worships. Our worships are interactive. They're engaging. uh, They're intimate. They're really a great time for you to connect and see what college students are wanting to know about and develop. Now, I'm going to give you a warning. It's the production value. We're going to get there. We're slowly but surely getting more and more in line with making something that looks great on a camera. But the important thing is our students wanted to give our friends, our family, and other students a glimpse at what it means to be a worshiping community. We've got a couple of mission trips coming up. We'll be leaving on Friday for Port St. Joe. We have over 20 students, um, most of which are MCSU, plus a few awesome P students that are going to be going to Port St. Joe to do Hurricane Micah relief. We've got a mission trip to Guatemala where this stole is a great reminder of a Guatemalan trip of, uh, of us having a chance to be able to go and work there with Jason Brock, a member of our annual conference. We enjoyed a drive-by or walk-up Ash Wednesday service that we did for our students and had several take part in it. We had a murder mystery put on by some fellowship folks and Molly and a few other folks, a murder mystery that uh, on a night was just really fun of like a roaring 20s party and to figure out who done it. Sadly, Tanner Morris was the person who died, (laughs) but yet he lives. And so we are thankful. We are celebrating right now that under James and Jake, we have an undefeated co-ed intramural basketball team. And they are just rocking it. We actually usually are ones who receive mercy when we play sports. But we even offered mercy in a mercy rule this week. And we're really excited about that. But the thing I can update you about your Wesley Foundation that has been and will forever be true is that we are student-led. Beverly, who you just heard sing this morning, our president, she's my boss. 
And she does an incredible job of having a leadership team and students. We have so many students. We kind of believe every member in ministry and every single student is invited to offer servant leadership, to figure out the ways that God has blessed them and talent, give them talent and strength and gifts. And we ask, how can those be put into play? But yes, this morning we are in 15 churches. And we're so excited that we've got friends and alums even serving in communion in a moment. But this morning, the thing that maybe I'm the most excited about is we have several students and even one alum who are preaching sermons at local churches. I can tell you that as I was working with them all week long on their sermons, we're all using the same text this morning, Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Jesus going into the wilderness and being tempted at the beginning of the start of this journey of Lent. Man, there's some good sermons out there, Tommy. We're going to, you and I can talk and steal what they are doing. Baker this morning, a a 24-year-old alum and former president, is offering his his first sermon outside of his local church. And he's talking about how today's scripture is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. But how he's still kind of wet from the waters of baptism and goes into the wilderness. And he's doing this cool thing, Tommy. He's, he's attaching it to the story of Emmaus. Like at the, at the kind of the close of Jesus' earthly ministry. And how these journeys are both similar and different. He's doing a great work in comparing and contrasting that. Cameron Shepherd is preaching this morning about how being in the wilderness, how we have the power to face the temptations of worry. The temptations of self-righteousness and the temptation for self-power. Daniel, a freshman from Memphis, is preaching this morning about how Jesus' journey, just like ours, starts with our baptisms. And that the journey that God has called us to focuses on how we are the beloved, how we are called, and how we are sent. Oh man, I'm sorry, but you're getting the short end of the sermon stick this morning. I began to think about the habit is for us this morning when we look at Matthew 4, 1 through 11, we begin, the habit is for us to focus on the temptations, not the fun singers, but the temptations that we see and feel. We focus, our habit is to focus on the tempter in this story. Our habit is to focus on how we are tempted in our daily lives. But the truth is, we know the challenges of temptation. We hear the echo of conviction that God offers us in this season. We even recognize the complexity of temptation wrapped in the do-goodism of our church. We know that we are tempted to focus on our will and not God's. We perceive the pull of the the temptation to use our God-given strengths for for gains that oppose the kingdom of God. We feel the fight of temptation as we seek to live out our baptism. That's kind of our habit for this morning. But I am so blessed this morning that our wonderful friend and pastor, Tommy Ward, sent me some notes of what he was thinking and pondering and working and looking at for this Sunday morning. And in Tommy's notes, there was an incredible nugget of wisdom that just sharpening, got sharp, more and more clear in my week. And that is, it is Jesus' habit and norm to go into the wilderness. That any time Jesus was 
overcome with life and with difficulty or before something big was about to happen, Jesus would go out into the wilderness. He would separate himself and he would find ways to be closer and connected with God so that the wilderness may not be a barren and difficult land for Christ our Lord. The wilderness is the place that Jesus would escape into to prepare. Our Sunday mornings are often our weekly escapes to celebrate what God is doing and for us to prepare to partner with Christ as we practice resurrection together. Now, I know that every single morning when we come in, this is a place of comfort. This is a place of safety and security. It's a place of preparation. And we know that as we are here this morning, as the pastor from Florida, Jorge Avacito, says, while we are in Sunday mornings, the devil is often outside doing push-ups. I'll add to what he says that if the devil's out doing push-ups outside, our fears are probably tailgating in the parking lot. And that our anxiety is in spring training, probably. And unfortunately, if we were to be honest with ourselves, those temptations, those fears, those anxieties, they creep in to this holy and sacred place. So Jesus' story this morning is about us using this as a refuge for us to be able to practice resurrection as Christ is calling us to. So this morning, I I just offer and ask that can we practice the way Jesus did in the wilderness? First is that can we take on prayer? Can we take on prayer? In this season of Lent, can we be a people who are clothed, covered, and consumed with prayer? We are currently in the middle of a, a sermon series at Wesley called Sabbath as Resistance. This reminder that the way that we can resist our temptations, our anxieties, our fears, our troubles, is that step one is to be able to Sabbath well. That's hard for your college students. I'm assuming it's probably hard for you too. And so in the midst of this work, our students this week are reflecting and are intentionally using the serenity prayer to be able to battle anxiety in their life. Let's practice prayer in this season as we prepare for resurrection. A second thing that Jesus does in the midst of this wilderness and this preparation is that he seeks out and intentionally looks at the Word of God. One of the things we celebrate that just occurred at Wesley is that two of our Wesley students had an incredible idea and they carried it to the finish line. They created a Lenten devotional that was made up by reflections of students from campus ministries, both in the Tennessee and the Memphis Annual Conference. As our new conferences merge and come together, we now have a Tennessee, Western Kentucky Lenten Devo comprised completely of student devotions. These students are asking us to be able to look and seek the word of God to prepare ourselves to live out the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We also, other than seeing prayer and seeking the word of God, we see that when Jesus is in the wilderness, he spends time fasting. 
But he focuses on intentionally doing this work. Our students at Wesley, and I, I love to talk about them because they are equipping and enriching my faith. But we have students in a living community. They, they, they live there at Wesley, they work at Wesley, but they have a, a covenant that they live into. And each the men and the women in this covenant have created things that they wish, spiritual disciplines, to live out and become more like Christ. The men's living community has covenanted this year that, to fast from one meal a week. Y'all, these are 18 to 23-year-old college students fasting one meal a week, and they take the money they would have spent on that and they give it to a local backpack program, or they give it to a food bank, or they give it to a ministry that's in need. And they've been doing that all year long. Fasting that leads to the extending of the kingdom of God. Jesus takes on prayer. Jesus seeks out the word of God. Jesus focuses on fasting in the wilderness. But here, Jesus also reminds us of an important thing. That at the end of his time facing temptation, quickly he was surrounded and comforted by the angels. And that's maybe what I celebrate that we, the church, get to do every Sunday. Look around you. In the midst of all the struggles and the trials of life, you are surrounded by the saints of God. Never forget the people to your left and to your right, before you and behind you, are part of the kingdom of God, urging, willing, and encouraging you forward. Let us do that for one another. Because we all need a season in the wilderness. Years ago, I was uh, at the campus ministry at Auburn University. Usually there's a war eagle in the crowd, but that's okay. There we go. I was campus minister, sorry Tommy, old Miss, SEC West, it's okay, we're friends. Um, but I was a campus minister at Auburn and it was a busy time of life. I'd had my wife and I had, had our first son, who was little bitty, and we had a big ministry and a bunch of things happening, and I got weary and I got tired, and fortunately, my wife has got a great handle on when John is not doing well. And I had a, an upcoming retreat with a group of campus ministers. We were going to the Brooklyn Tabernacle to pray and to sing and to have a time of renewal and I had never been to New York City. And so my wife, knowing that I was tired and I was weary and I was broken a little bit and being a new dad, and trying to, she said, I am putting you on a plane early. She booked a hotel. She just said, get out of here. Go enjoy New York. Get away. Rest. Go into the wilderness that is New York City. <laughs> I got there and I enjoyed just the incredible sights and the sounds and the beauty, but the first morning, that full morning that I was there, I, I decided that I wanted to go somewhere quiet and serene. And I grew up, I grew up outside of Manchester, Tennessee, and I grew up on a farm with Swanee Mountain in one view and Woods Reservoir in the other. I know pretty places. So I decided to go check out the pretty place that is Central Park. I walked and said, how great can it be for those who've been there? It's pretty great. And I found a, a bench to sit at, and it felt like it was the first time in forever that it was just me and God 
in nature and in community, and I began to read the Psalms, one after another. I got to Psalm 18, which is, I love you, O Lord, you are my strength, my rock, you are the horn of my salvation. And I just began to weep, because I had not felt that connection but I had taken on prayer and I sought out the word and I fasted from a lot of things to be able to be in that moment. As I rose from that park bench, I went to go meet some friends who uh, were gathering around that time that were a part of this retreat, this conference I was at. And we as a group decided that we were going to go to Ground Zero where 9-11 happened. And this was several years ago. And as we gathered together and as we walked into this space, you know, I was going through, I was reliving the fact that 9-11 happened when I was a sophomore in college at Tennessee Tech. It was bringing back images and memories and hurt and lament. But as I was walking in, there was construction going on everywhere. It was loud and there were jackhammers and there were just streams of people rushing into this site. The holy serenity of Central Park seemed so distant, though it was just an hour before. As I got in, there were an eighth grade field trip there, running around. There was people yelling. There were a couple making out. There was just all kinds of things happening. I heard a guy on his cell phone screaming and yelling and cursing at somebody at a spot where I had come to grieve and to pray. I could feel the frustration just welling up and welling up and welling up. So finally, I found a park bench at ground zero and I sat down. I I, I flopped down. And y'all, when I sit down on a bench, it moves. (laughs) And when I did that, this sweet little lady on the other end of the bench, she moved with it. After a few moments, I could feel my heart racing. I could feel my breath getting deeper and deeper. And I finally let out one of the most holy sounds that I can make. And I looked at this stranger and my opening line was, is it always like this? Like this? And she leaned closer to me and says, no, today is actually a really good day. Excuse me? How is this a good day? She began to tell me that she had lost both her husband and her son in 9-11. Her husband, part of the Port Authority. Her son, part of Ladder 9. And then in the midst of grieving and loss and anger and frustration in the wilderness of her own soul, she said she, came here, she comes here every single day because she loves to see that through Christ our Lord, life will go forward. That resurrection can happen. And that joy shall come in the morning. I leaned and said, ma'am, you don't know me, but I'm, I'm a guy who... Uh, I pray with a lot of people, but I think I need you to pray with me. And we stopped and we prayed. And I was reminded once again that there are angels among us. We have a God who is creating, offering, sending, 
seeking, finding, and using us in and through the wilderness of our own life. And who is that kind of God that will meet us, pull us, be with us in all things. So to you I say, welcome to the wilderness.